my professional background and, and first contact with data actually was the difference between life and death, uh, which is an interesting way to start. Um, my first uh, profession was in special operations with the Navy, uh, and my specialty specifically was with explosives. So a very technical skill set. Welcome back to Data Decisions with Chorus. I'm your host, Drew Chambers, VP of Marketing at Chorus. And uh, joined today, very special guest. Uh, we've got uh, Dan Casper, the CEO of Wishlist Rewards. I've known Dan for uh, a little while now. He's one of the most uh, interesting and uh, I think uh, fascinating people that uh, that uh, you get to meet. So, Dan, thank you so much for, for being on the show. And um uh, excited for this. Yeah, thanks, Drew. Uh, thanks for having me. I mean, data analytics is such an interesting topic of today's world. And all the applications and how people are using it, companies are using it to really propel their lives and, and businesses are so interesting. So um, thanks for having me. Also, just being familiar with your product, Chorus, and the evolution of how you guys are coming along. And really, I, I like blend, how you're blending simplicity uh, with market research, I think you guys are doing some big things in the space as well. So uh, definitely a pleasure to be to be hosted on your podcast today. Oh, thanks. Well, uh, and and uh, you're you're now going to be our our, our sales. Yeah. Like you're very good at this. So, uh, but uh, but thank you. Yeah, it's 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 uh, a pleasure. So, you know, to start start things off, I mean, you you kind of touched on a little bit on the data analytics side, but but maybe give give our listeners a, a little bit of background about yourself, mm-hmm. both personally and and professionally, and kind of how you came to Wishlist Rewards and what, and, and a little bit of what Wishlist is, is about. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I can actually do that. And I'm happy to tie that into data too, because I know um, just kind of the importance of what you guys are, are trying to kind of discuss and talk about. So um, my professional background and, and first contact with data actually was the difference between life and death, uh, which is an interesting way to start. Um, my first uh, profession was in special operations with the Navy. Uh, and my specialty specifically was with explosives, so a very technical skill set. And during uh, my couple of deployments to the Middle East, I was using this subset of Palantir software uh, to assess, kind of monitor and predict what types of improvised threats we would encounter on different missions, anywhere from how those devices would trigger to what kinds of explosives are being used. We'd even track specific bombers and kind of their path and their trajectory. So uh, a very interesting way to get thrown into data. Um, and just kind of how its effects and how the prediction analysis was able to really save lives and protect my team. Uh, from there, I got out of the military and worked for Airbnb. I was on their trust and safety team. Uh, another interesting concept and very into the data analytics as well, we used a lot of machine learning to really predict and flag certain behaviors that could be malicious in nature across the Airbnb platform. So um, we teach this machine, it would say, send all the greens through, all the reds out, and then uh, we'd have an internal team that would view all the ambers to see and teach the system, hey, what kind of behaviors are are good or bad? Um, And as you mentioned now, a wish list, it's a kind of a different side of of the analytics and and people game. We're using um, data to understand behaviors and connect and empower high-performing teams. So Wishlist is an HR software. We do rewards and recognition strategies. So um, it's a people side of business, but there's so much data behind people. And so we're looking at company size, verticals, location, growth, and really to just understand what types of behaviors and cultures attract and retain some of the best employees. 
No, that's 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 awesome and and certainly an amazing progression of 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 experiences. So, you know, I I guess I gotta ask, um, you know, thinking back to your special special forces days, you know, what are what are some of the things that happen in your day to day work? Um, where you're drawing on some of that experience. Maybe it's not life, life or death anymore, but um, do you feel like, you know, the skills you learned there have, have translated well into the, into the business arena? You know, it's, it's, it's strikingly similar to the special operations community and startup worlds. Um, you know, I get asked that question decently, like, hey, how do you go from the military um, to a kind of this crazy startup world environment technology? But honestly, the environments are pretty similar. You're working with high performing teams. You're doing things that haven't been done before that have very high visibility. You're using some tools um, that are fresh off kind of the press. Um, and you're working on, on really, you know, making those decisions and getting to market and iterating or, you know, trying things, seeing what works and not. So the environments are actually strikingly similar. And you're adapting and changing and have to kind of really build and scale. And that's something that's, you know, the, the environment of the special operations community isn't so much rank and file. You think it, the traditional military, it's about solving problems and doing so with limited resources. And that can directly translate to the startup life. So while there are differences, uh, very much so, um, the themes and the concepts and the feelings are actually strikingly similar. That's that's really interesting. And so, give us uh, some context here. So, so what's that? What's the time period? Uh, you know, from from uh, when you when you joined the military to to now, um, and over the course of that uh, of that period of time, you know, what have you noticed has changed in, in terms of whether it's the technology, whether it's the skill sets that people are are employing um, as they look at data and analyze and, mm-hmm. and, and utilize the insights. Um, give us some context there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the progression is so interesting. I, one of the biggest uh, things that initially comes to mind is how you utilize data. So to me, data is only as good as long as you can comprehend it, as long as you can analyze and actually provide some insights from that. So, I mean, you could have all the data points in the world, stacks of databases and servers, but it means nothing until you're able to do and drive actions from that. So I think there's some really cool tools on the market currently and that are progressing uh, things like Tableau and Looker. So you can have this data, you can plug into this front end software and then people and teams that maybe not even you know have a history of using data and analytics can see and drive insights um, and make decisions from that. And even taking that a step further, uh, VR, I think is very interesting with the data visualization world. Now you're throwing in uh, manipulations of accesses, throwing in a fourth dimension of how you can look at data over time. Um, and to me, now, now we're getting somewhere where you have all this data and the world has so much data, but we're getting to a place where people can comprehend, visualize that, make decisions from that. So yeah. that's one thing that comes to mind. The other thing I think that's really interesting and then in the progression of, of analytics and data is just its ability to, to track human behavior. You know, data is very logical. It's very scientific. Um, however, humans and our behavior is, is sometimes it's emotional and illogical. Um, so how can we use kind of systems um, to be able to predict human behaviors? That's where that machine learning, the AI comes into place. I think is really interesting to me because it's getting closer. It's saying, okay, you know, this, there are these illogical elements that really wouldn't make much sense to data, but that's how humans are making decisions. Now we can incorporate to some of that data set. So those are two, I think, big things for me that have stood out as, as you know, the last decade of data analytics. I, 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 I love that answer. And, and, so taking it maybe a, a, another step here, obviously, again, you started from it was life and death if you're if you're not using data correctly. W- where are some of the 
you know, with new technologies and new ideas, you know, obviously there are going to be some pitfalls. There's going to be some missteps. Where do you see teams, individuals um, maybe missing the mark or maybe utilizing data um, in, in ways that uh, maybe they're not reading it correctly or maybe they're not drawing the right uh, insights from it? You know, what, are, what do you think are some of the, the uh, potential potholes that, that somebody should try to avoid? Yeah, to me, I think, you know, businesses in general, um, the newer businesses and even enterprise across the spectrum really have all this data. They're collecting it. I think the biggest pitfall is just not using it um, to really make decisions. I still, I, I, it takes an extra step and it takes a different mindset to say, hey, our, we should raise our prices 50 cents. Okay, but why 50 cents? Let's go back and look at some behaviors. Let's look at, you know, some of the human behaviors associated with that. So I think data is everywhere, I think, but still people aren't using it to the degree that they should to make some of these decisions. So I would say, honestly, that's what I've seen to be the biggest pitfall is if we have five years, two years, we have some data. Why not use that to help make decisions versus just still going off of some intuitions and feelings? Yeah, that's, I think that's a, that's a great answer. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that we talk a lot about on here is is kind of where we're at today, and then progressions for the future and where things are going. Where do you see the next five, ten years of uh, uh, what we'll what we'll call data science and data analytics? Where do you think? Where do you see things progressing to um, going forward? Yeah, I mean, the concept of machine learning, uh, predictive, like human behaviors, I think is so interesting. Um, I really am into AI um, and automation in general. Um, so that's where I'm seeing is, you know, using this technology, um, more automation across your life. We're seeing that a little bit. You know, you come into chatbots when you're in support. We're looking at dry, you know, driverless vehicles, um, which I think are going to do things, you know, like decentralized cities. I mean, there's so many different implications and effects that. Um, data and kind of how that feels machine learning uh, be able to teach machines certain behaviors again kind of bringing in that human human element to to artificial intelligence i think is super interesting so that's you know where i'm seeing the it, it start to go is hey how you know we have this data and now we're being able to visualize it which is great but then how can we teach machines human behavior so that's what i'm kind of thinking is the next going to be the big step for uh, for data uh, analytics. Uh, what do you say to you know potentially um, individuals that, that might be a little bit uh, unnerved by that or a little bit nervous about what that the implications of, of machine learning and, and AI, what, what are some of your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, that's, a, I mean, it, it's a huge debate, right? I mean, it's, there's, there's moral implications, there's so many different implications that, hey, we're teaching machine, we're giving a human behavior, like, um, I think with technology comes a big responsibility. Um, so being able to, you know, still have those morals and subset, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, technology, it's, it's going to happen, uh, whether we embrace it or not. Uh, it's something that I think, you know, we need to remember who we are as, you know, as humans uh, and embrace that and bring our morality into the future. But it, it's something I think it's going to happen. So how can we embrace it and, and just kind of work with it instead of fight it? Yeah, I, th I think that's a great answer. Um, before I get into the, the last question, uh, uh, just give you a little bit of a, a free forum here to, 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 to plug Wishlist, to, you know, share a little bit about, um, you know, why companies might uh, work with Wishlist and, and certainly, you know, what big things you guys have on the horizon. So I'll let you kind of take a, a moment to share. Yeah, absolutely. So we've, you know, we've been talking a lot about people and people analytics and all that stuff, but Wishlist is, is a people software. 
even though we just talked about, hey, getting to machine learning, getting into all this kind of crazy futuristic ideas, people still feel that. And we are people and people are their businesses, the reason businesses succeed. So our mantra and our mission really stems from Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Remember that when you learn that in fifth grade, you have that bottom tier is, hey, am I breathing? Then you move up the next tier. Do I feel safe? Well, that third tier is where our software injects itself. And that's love and belonging. So people have a desire to have an impact, to feel like they belong, to feel like they're a part of Survive. So that's where our software comes into play. We actually do a decent amount of building psychology into the platform uh, to release that dopamine. If I were to give you this cup of coffee that's sitting in front of me now, I would feel something when I give that to you. You would feel something when you receive that. So we're trying to inject those feelings and behaviors into a digital world where teams are working remotely. Uh, they have different offices internationally. How can we build a rewards and recognition strategy that leverages those feelings, that makes you and helps you feel empowered, and then you're doing a great job and you're feeling recognized. Uh, and then instead of doing plaques and trophies on the reward side of the house, what we do is experiences. We're about telling stories. So we feel, excuse me, we facilitate about 3,500 different local experiences, live events, hotels. So it's about getting out there and telling a story on behalf of your employer. So excited about people and still as we go to the future, how can we use technologies to still feel and help people feel like they belong? Oh, that's fantastic. I, I really, uh, yeah, I can't say it enough, uh, Dan, really uh, appreciate uh, what you guys are doing, and and I, I do think that you uh, so eloquently p- uh, put your mission statement there. That that was nice. So uh, just to to wrap things up, um, I I always ask, you know, your career arc and your your way of thinking. You know, what are three either books or articles or maybe podcasts that have that have influenced the way that you think about the world and the way that you're thinking about uh, maybe even as specific as data application in, in the workplace? Yeah, um, a couple of things come to mind, one of which is it's a book by Eric Siegel, and that's Predictive Analytics. Um, that's a little bit more about the machine learning and how it really is uh, applicable to everyone every single day. Uh, and it's talking about like human behavior and risks and how it can boost sales and uh, tough and crime fighting. So really just all these different applications of machine learning and how uh, it's, it can impact you and is impact you on a daily basis. So that was one interesting one. Um, I came across another article yesterday that I thought was really interesting. It was by later.com, but it was about Instagram algorithms. So very interesting how they are adapting their algorithms to see um, you know, what you're posting and how you're posting and who it's touching and the likelihood you'll see other people in your feed. So really interesting just to see how data and analytics and from the form of algorithms can control um, how and when you're seeing things. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then there's another book that comes to mind. It's called Everybody Lies uh, by Seth, Seth Stephen Davids. And he's a, like a Harvard-trained economist, and he worked for Google as a data scientist. Uh, but he argues that what most people are saying is wrong. He said they lie to doctors, friends, surveys. They lie to themselves. However, uh, now with data, we don't have to rely on what people tell us. We can utilize all this data to really find out at the heart of what people are and what they're thinking. So that was a really interesting one for me, too. Wow. Yeah, and we will link to all of those in the uh, in the show notes. Uh, Dan Casper, thank you so much for joining. It's uh, been really fun. Thanks, Drew. Always a pleasure.